Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the prayers, for the, the worship, God, for your refreshing presence. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, God. And now, Lord, we offer our minds and our hearts to you, to your word, that you speak to us, God, for we need you. Our world needs you. Our home needs you, God. And, Lord, I pray that you forgive me my sins, that, Lord, you speak, God, that you Purify my lips with a coal from your altar that you anoint me, God. That it be much, much more of you, God, and less, less of me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Faith, faith is critical. It is a church word that I think we may at times use it too lightly or, or hear it too lightly. As a matter of fact, we probably hear it a lot even in society. But the word faith, in reality, to have that conviction, that belief, that trust in God, that loyalty for God, it is critical for our life. See, God, God is faithful first. And God is faithful, eternal to us, to all of creation, and especially to us as a humanity. And that's why just recently we celebrated the risen Christ. He's so faithful that he sent his son for us to die, to suffer, but also to teach us and guide us and prepare us. So it's a response. We return with our own faith, our faith to God, our faith to the word, our faith to the Holy Spirit, to the church, and to loving our neighbor. So faith, faith is critical for life, both for life eternal, but also for our daily life. See, faith in our everyday life, together with each other, with our neighbor, we, we really depend on it. For example, Every time we go to a restaurant, we have to have faith that the cooks, the chefs, are providing clean food. And I don't mean organic and vegan. No, no, no. I'm talking about food without roaches and, and rodents kind of clean. Or when we go to a mechanic with our vehicle and they change the brakes, we have faith that they are doing a good job because our family safety depends on it. Or, or construction that the, the structures are safe. My cousin, I have a cousin that's a civil engineer, and she specializes in skyscrapers in areas uh, where there are earthquakes. Can you imagine living in a city like San Francisco and living in a skyscraper? Well, whether we pay attention or not, we have faith on those not only engineers, but, but construction workers that everyone is, is with good intention and doing the right thing. I just recently went to pick up my, my medication that I take uh, daily, and I trust that the pharmacy is giving me the right, the right dosage. 
uh, you know, airplanes. I, I'm not a fan of flying, but I will fly on an airplane if I have to. And I will tell you what, I just recently took a trip to Texas and I was ministering and blessing that pilot. I have no idea who that pilot is, but I was praying over that pilot. Because on a daily, on a daily life, with our daily routine, we are constantly extending ourselves to one another, trusting each other where we are, whether we are aware of it or not. So yes, in our everyday life, with each other, faith is critical. Faith is critical in relationships. At home, with our spouse, faith that there is mutual love and loyalty. Otherwise, we would live in constant fear and paranoia that, that our husband or our wife is cheating on us. So we have to have faith in our relationships at home, with our children, trusting that their love is mutual with our own. And at the same time, we have to try our best to be faithful to them, which takes me to my next point. Faith in our own self is critical, our own value. We need to remember that in Genesis, Scripture tells us that when God created us and he finished making us as a humanity, he said, this is good. This is good. And we need to remember that. Sometimes we will fail. Sometimes we will struggle. Sometimes we make mistakes. But we need to remember that God made us good that our potential is great. So Philippians 4.13, I don't know if you know that Bible verse. If you don't know it, I, I invite you to look it up and, and memorize it if you can. And it says, I can do all things. I can do all things. But listen to the second half. In Christ who strengthens me. So there's great potential in ourselves. And that's critical for us to hold on to, to have faith in who we are. And then also in God. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I praise you, said King David. I praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So faith, it produces harmony, harmony with our neighbors in our home, but it also produces peace internally that we're not always constantly fearing one another, paranoid with each other, not trusting our, our spouse, our husband, and our wife. But, but it also brings triumph because we remember that in Christ, all things are possible. Let us now go to the Word where we will learn about faith. I invite you to go to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 18 through 29. Before we do, let me give you a little context here. So at this point in uh, the Gospel of John 20, Jesus had already walked with the people, with the disciples. He had done his wonderful ministry of, of teaching and healing and feeding, nourishing. He had also by this point been crucified. And the women... At the tomb, Mary Magdalene, the Marys, the women had discovered the empty tomb. They had also already encountered, Mary Magdalene had just encountered 
the risen Christ. Let us read from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 18 through 29. And the Word of God says like this. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, you, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, it is really interesting when scripture, when any author repeats a phrase or a word more than once, it's really important that we pay attention because uh, most of the time it's repeated for a reason. And Dr. Moore, our senior pastor, has taught us that as well. And twice in the scripture that we just read, in verse 19 and 26, the, the Holy Word tells us that the doors of the house where the disciples were in, the doors were locked. So the disciples, after the crucifixion, they're in a house, and they were closed in with the doors not just shut, but locked. And twice we are told that. And we are told that it was because they were afraid of the Jews. See, as you remember, as you may remember, Jesus had just been crucified. So they were very likely afraid of being killed themselves. And I can, I can understand in verse 19, the first time when Jesus appeared to them, that they were hiding with the doors locked, that they were afraid, they were in fear. But when you read verse 26, it was a week after, a week after Jesus reappearing to them. And they were still shut in with doors locked due to fear. And that is the second time 
that Jesus appears to them. Read verse 26 with me again if you look at that. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them this time. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood amongst them. See, here's the great news. The great news is that Jesus came in anyway. Jesus enters your spaces and my space of fear. When we enclose ourselves, when we lock the door because we are afraid of being killed or being harassed or being anything, some kind of emotional instability, in those moments, Jesus comes in. He makes himself present, and he did that with his disciples that day. And not only does he come in and make himself present, he said to them three times, he said, peace be with you. See, when we are shut in, encaged with our own fears, with our lack of faith, and sometimes for reasonable reasons, Jesus comes in. He enters because he's, he's faithful. He is faithful first. And not only does he make himself present, he blesses us with peace. Three times he said to the disciples here, in verses 19, 21, and 26, he said, peace be with you. But then there's more. Jesus entered to their space of fear. He offered them peace. And then read with me verses 21 and 22 again. It says like this. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And listen to this part. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So remember, they were shut in due to fear. And verse 21 says that Jesus sent them out. He said, be free. Be free of your fears. Let go of those things that limit you. Have faith. But not only does he send them forth, not only does he send them out as he does with us, he breathes on their face. And he, they breathe in the holy presence of God, the Holy Spirit, the most powerful shield, the most powerful source, the greatest power that humanity can have, the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is what gives us wisdom to make decisions, knowledge to do things right, self-discipline to say no, love and joy and peace to live in harmony with one another, to see each other's potential and remember of our own. So what a blessing, uh, these disciples, this moment with Jesus in their most fearful time of being killed. They had just seen Jesus crucified. They're shut in. Jesus makes himself present. He calls them out, out back into life, into the mission and the purpose of God, and he empowers them with the Holy Spirit. And, and I want to emphasize another beautiful detail of what we just read in, in verse 22. Do you remember where else in Scripture we read that, that, that God breathed? Do you remember the story of the creation when God created Adam, humanity, and he grabbed Adam's face 
after making him out of clay. This is in Genesis, the story of the creation. And scripture says that he grabbed his face. I imagine it being so beautiful and gentle. And he breathed the breath of life into Adam's nostrils. But see, sadly, as we also read in Genesis, humanity fell. We fell from perfection. Our sin created a space between us and God. But then here, Jesus, the risen Christ, in whom there is power and authority, comes to his disciples when they are afraid, when they are fragile, when they are vulnerable, because Jesus knows that there is a purpose for them, a great, great purpose for them, and that they need faith. So he once again grabs their face and breathes into their nostrils. What a beautiful story of forgiveness, of reconciliation with God, that which our sin had separated us from God the Father. Now through Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, through what he did on the cross, we are able to reconnect fully with the Holy Spirit, be empowered and filled by the presence of God. This is a wonderful reminder of redemption. But there's always that one person in the group, that doubter, the doubter, the negative doubter in the group. Verse 24 and 25 says like this, But Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord, but, but he said to them, Unless I see the marks... I will not believe. You know, we can all have our doubts at times. But in this case with Thomas, and maybe you are someone who struggles like this, or you know someone who struggles like this. In, in Thomas's case, the women that had discovered the empty tomb, they had already told the disciples, including him, that the tomb was empty. So he had just heard this. And then his friends, the disciples, told him, hey, Jesus appeared to us. And do you remember Jesus himself? He had warned the disciples before the crucifixion that he was going to die. But then he was going to resurrect on the third day. But still, none of that was sufficient for Thomas. He needed to see it to believe it. But Jesus, in his mercy... Let Thomas see, feel, and touch. See, God is faithful first. And he says to Thomas, do not doubt. Don't doubt, but believe. And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen, yet have come to believe. We must grasp onto our belief again. Maybe because of all that has happened and continues to happen in the world, in society, in our community, or even in our home, has us down, has us not believing anymore. But faith is critical, not just for life eternal, but for life now, for the sake of harmony with our neighbor, believing and trusting one another, but then also for, for the sake of our home and the peace in our own home, 
and for the sake of our salvation. See, faith, I'm not talking about just trusting in an external way. I'm talking about it has to begin in our hearts and in our minds because conviction is required for faith. Love is required for faith. We remember that God is faithful and our faith begins with God. But biblically speaking, that faith, Scripture tells us, trickles down, trickles outward, and blesses those immediately around us and even further out. And that is the kingdom now that we continually pray for through the Lord's Prayer. Will you pray with me? God, Jesus, we thank you for making yourself present to those disciples years ago. And Father, your disciples today, us, we pray that you make yourself present in a fresh way today, God, wherever we are, in our car, in our home, at work, that you, through your Holy Spirit, make yourself present. Lord, that you remind us that you give us peace, that you, Jesus, breathe into our face and fill us, empower us with your Holy Spirit so that we can go out and do your mission, that we hold steadfast to our faith in you, that nourishes our faith at home and with our neighbor. We love you, we honor you, and we have faith in you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.